Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line Scottish Women's Football Podcast. I'm your host Chris Marshall and, well, you know the next bit already, but here he is, Mr Campbell Finlayson. How you doing, Campbell? Yeah, very well, Chris, thank you. Good to hear, good to hear. Uh, we're recording on Monday night this week. A um, couple of reasons for that, but not that you need to worry about it. thing is, we are here and we're here to talk about Scottish women's football. And we are going to talk about, obviously, Scotland's result on Friday night against Albania. And then there was three SWPL games this weekend. Uh, one not with that much significance behind it, and two, uh, one in particular that had uh, implications for the SWPL2 title race. And then we'll preview the, fo- for the following weekend just coming, which is the last round of SWPL fixtures. We've got to the end of the season. We've got to the end of the season doing podcast gamble. So, progress. But let's start on Friday night. Scotland's Euro qualifier away to Albania and Elbasan. Um, pretty straightforward, Campbell. 5 0 win against Albania. Uh, I saw, I was having a couple of conversations after the game and they were saying, oh, I'm surprised at the win and giving me 1 2 1 in that, that first game. But I think that 2 1 game at, when we qualified for the World Cup, I think that was a slightly different kettle of fish. Um, a little bit of nerves came into play. But it was super comfortable for Scotland. Very much a, a training exercise. Clearly, got the opener uh, sneaking in the back post. Somebody put it out in the analysis. Uh, then Jane Royce got the second to make it 2-0 at half-time. Erin Cuthbert, uh, Hannah Godfrey, who was making her debut at setting her back, uh, she also scored a goal and wandered up front um, to poke it in after a spillage by the keeper. And then probably the best goal of the game, Christy Murray um, returning from injury to make it 5-0. I mean, Campbell, uh, there's not much to say about this. I know that seems an odd thing to say when we're a Scottish women's football podcast, but a 5-0 against Albania away from home... Um, not the most luxurious of surroundings. I think it's a pretty hard sell, that game, especially given where it's getting broadcast and the, the way it appeared on the telly. But 5-0 result, job done. Got to be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you've seen that ground they were in last year in Albania, wasn't the greatest either. But on the pitch, obviously, Scotland were expected to win. Um, Albania and Cyprus, the two lowest ranked teams in the group, and they've dispatched both of them the first two games. So it was, as you're saying, pretty comfortable when you get the early goal. It, it does really sort out. And Albania just really couldn't get near them from what I have seen in the game. So it was a fairly comfortable night, and the perfect start of the qualification campaign continues, obviously, but they do have some harder games on the horizon. Yeah, so I mentioned Hannah Godfrey. She she plays for Tottenham Hotspur and she made her debut on Friday night, as did Kirsty Hansen, who plays for Manchester United. She was also named uh, Barclays uh, WSL Player of the Month for October uh, for Manchester United. And I, I thought Hansen had a pretty good game. She did kind of what I was expecting. We did some analysis on the Leading the Line website prior to the game. And she is a very forward-thinking player, plays on the left or right-hand side, and, and she, she obviously contributed quite a lot in the game. And she was, I think she was also awarded Man of the Player of the Match um, at the end of the game as well. Uh, Campbell, I don't know about you, I knew about Kirsty Hansen, but Hannah Godfrey kind of caught me a little off guard from being totally honest with myself. Um, it's good to see that players that maybe we aren't even having in our, in our immediate consciousness can now come into the squad and make a difference, so even if we caveat it by saying it is at the end of the Albania. Yeah, I mean, you can, I, I add Martha Thomas to that as well, no, she should pull out of the squad, but again, it's certain names that haven't really been there, obviously a lot of the tried and tested players that have been some of them are getting to that stage of the career where they're going to be slowing down as well. So it's, it's good to see that there are new names out there that can come in and obviously making a very good impact uh, on their debuts as well. So it's interesting. A lot of the time we don't notice a lot of these players. I don't know how many of you will watch the Women's Super League down in England, but I personally haven't seen too much of it. So it's seeing some of these new names can be interesting. But as we're saying, they've only made a good impact and it's only going to be good for the Scottish game, especially when they're playing at such a high level down in England. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I watch quite a bit of the, um, I say quite a bit in context, I watch quite a bit of the, the WSL at the moment. Um, the highlight show that they put together on a Sunday evening, I tend to watch that on a Monday night. And I, I try and keep abreast of some of the clips. I've also been doing wee bits on other podcasts, which means I've been keep my eye on a little bit better as well. Uh, but yeah, I think that you're right to say that, Campbell. These players have been making an impact down south. Martha Thomas is West Ham's top goal scorer at the moment. So it's great to see them coming in and doing the job. Um. In terms of the way the, the fixtures have been structured, Campbell, it's a bit odd, shall we say, because at the moment we, we've played two games, we've won them both, which is obviously exactly what we're looking for. However, when you actually look at the table, you've got Albania played four games and you have uh, Finland played three on top of the table, obviously winning results. Uh, Portugal have only played one game and Portugal are playing Finland next. So we're in a position where we've won two from two, but potentially Finland could have won four from four on 12.6 points ahead. The structure's a bit higgledy-piggledy. Um, do you think that's going to work in our advantage in the long run, the fact we're playing these, these smaller nations first? I don't think it'll make too much difference, really. Obviously, you're, it's good to start off with two, point, two wins, sorry, and building up your confidence a bit, rather than going straight into one of these big games, possibly losing to Portugal, for example, and then you're having to play catch-up. But I suppose, at the same time, you want to test yourself against the better teams so you know where you are kind of early on. So, I mean, it, it does sort of work both ways. Um we know we're going to. We always knew right from the start that Portugal and Finland were going to be the real tough games there. But Scotland will feel confident that they can go and beat some of these sides as well and get through. So I don't really think the order they're playing them in makes too much of a difference. Um, obviously the fact that it could just say could be four wins from four, the two wins from two. That way at least again that could work both ways. Could have Scotland saying right, we know what points we need to get, but they could also look at it go with that pressure of catching up. So I mean, it can work both ways, but I don't think that would really be in the players' minds too much. I think they'll just focus on each game as it comes and. See where they are at the end of the campaign. Yeah, I think I think it's good to get a good good start, and there isn't. I mean, in terms of the group, Cyprus and Albania are the kind of gimmies. We spoke about how Cyprus had never even competed at this level before, and how Albania this is only their third major tournament qualifying campaign as well. So it's a good start to have. Um, by the time you've listened to this, this game probably have happened, but Portugal are playing Finland uh, this week, um, and Portugal at home. And I think it'll be really interesting to try and grab some of the highlights of it. I did manage to get highlights for all the Albania games. It took me a while and some translating, but I did get there. Um, so have a wee, keep a wee eye out for that. But yeah, bigger games to come for Scotland uh, towards the back end of next year when they start facing Portugal and Finland. But great start to the campaign. Let's keep it going, uh, which is fantastic to see. Okay, we've done Scotland. Let's move on to SWPL Campbell. Um, only three fixtures this weekend because of the international break and these fixtures are basically catch-ups, so games that were, were missed for various reasons. Um, one game in SWPL one. Let, let's start there, Campbell. Uh, Spartans won Celtic five. Comfortable win for Celtic. Uh, Sierra Union's getting a hat-trick. That's eight goals in four games and 20 for the season. Um, shout out to the Celtic FC Twitter who uh, popped that out. Uh, and Kelly Clark and Jocelyn Viard as well who scored a fourth goal in four games. Uh, Kelly Gibb got another goal for Spartans. I think she's done pretty well since she's come in. But strong end to the season for Celtic. Obviously defeating Glasgow City last week as well, Campbell. Yeah, they've been in great form. Um, I think throughout the whole season, really. Celtic have obviously performed to a very high level. they had Brian Hibbs fairly close for large parts and obviously went ahead of it, beat them as well um, comfortably in one of their games. So it's there's certainly been improvement from Celtic and obviously as you're saying the last few weeks they've won in Spartans. Obviously they're not an easy team to play. We've seen some of the other sides around that sort of area struggle against them. So for City to, uh, Celtic sorry, to go there and score the five goals, obviously it was a very pleasing afternoon for them. And um, yeah, they'll be pleased obviously. And as we're saying there, yeah, their form has been good for the last few weeks. So going into next season, I haven't spoken, obviously, to Eddie Blackie Black as well a few weeks ago. He'll be, he knows exactly what they're going to do for next season. 
and they've hoped to build and possibly then push Hibs for that second spot. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably, they, they might not, but as it stands, they have an opportunity to finish in the same points tally as Hibs uh, this season. Goal difference means that Hibs will finish second, barring anything ridiculous happening at uh, the last day of the season, which I'd be surprised considering Celtic are away to Sterling Uni and Hibs are away to Forfar. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they progress next season and what the, the evolution, because it's felt there's been talk of this, this kind of change with Celtic. It maybe hasn't quite come yet. And it'll be interesting to see the impact of the City rivals and what's been talked about at Rangers, whether that has effect on it at all. But yeah, so only one game SWPL won, and it's a it's a division that's pretty much sealed up. Obviously, Glasgow City will get their trophy presented to them uh, this coming Sunday at Petersell Park. They're at home to Motherwell. Um, all games kick off at two o'clock this weekend across both leagues, um, which is a bit unusual, but it's good for consistency. It makes it a lot easier as well at this point. Um, as I mentioned, Stirling University hosts Celtic at Oakville View. There's Flaffer Farmington hosting the Hibernian at Station Park and Spartans against Rangers at Ainsley Park. So, SWPL1 fixtures. So there's still a, a group to go, but it's all wrapped up there. I imagine the bulk of SWPL1 fans will have their eyes in Petersel Park where Glasgow City will lift the trophy. Into SWPL2 though, Campbell, and we were at two separate games on Sunday. And uh, I tell you what, let's let's start with yourself. You were at Partick Thistle against Dundee United, and um, take it away. That's probably the best thing to do. <laughs> um, yeah, great that game. Obviously, United had taken points off every team in the league except for Partick Thistle, and obviously Thistle were doing well. We'd seen them. They're up in third. Sorry, we'd seen them last week getting a draw against Kilmarnock. It wasn't a great game, so it was always going to be tough. But um, to be perfectly honest, United were really in control of this game from the start. And I think the two 0 scoring in the end was. Doesn't really tell the full story. I think United should have won that game <clears throat> by a few more goals. They they scored a very good goal. Actually, go one 0 up inside 15 minutes. A good move from Neve Guthrie. She put the ball out wide left. Tamily Harkin and then the uh, strike didn't run in the box. The ball was cut back to her and she sent it flying in the corner. Um, United again had a great couple of chances. They've got a few new American girls that I'm sure we'll mention here just to please Graham Hart again. But um, yeah, Nakia Graham, uh, Isabella Rosalina and Ailey Crum all uh, started. And Rosalina and uh, Graham in particular were both fantastic. It was Andy Graham got the man of the ma- uh, player of the match award, sorry. And uh, United, as I say, Rosalina was causing bother going forward, and both of those players gave themselves a couple of goals um, in the first half. It was a cross from Rosalina in the second that was blocked by the official hand. United got a penalty, and Tammy Lee Harkin, she was in it full time, didn't really connect with it well at all. And it kind of squeezed through Nicole Andrews, hit the post, and then came back to the keeper. And, United were they made, made it really hard for themselves. This had a couple of sort of half chances um, in the last like, 10, 15 minutes of the game, and you kind of thought they maybe get something. But um, Steffi Simpson is back at United from Driver Girls as well with that sort of partnership, and she raced through in stoppage time to put in a second for United. Two 0 was the right decision. It was the right result in terms of the team that won, but it, was, it could really have been a lot more comfortable. And speaking to both camps after the game, they, they said as much as well. United knew. We know, um, we know Graham's sort of his mood towards football, and he he was very honest about how much many goals sorry night could have scored. As was John Doyle as well. Speak to Patrick Thistle, so it was a game where I was slightly disappointed with Thistle. I've been seen them a few times this season, and normally a fairly good side, but they, they were disappointing. But United were well deserving of their victory, and they've still got their eye on third. Obviously, a game to come against Hutchie in midweek before the final game of the season back at Peterhead against Glasgow Rovers on Sunday. Yeah, and that leads us on to the next point before we get to the top of the table, and that is that the race for third, well, the race for third is a thing, I know it's not really, but it's a thing in the, in the context of the league, and it matters in terms of positioning, and uh, Dundee United have a chance to kind of take the advantage in that uh, going into uh, next weekend, uh, as you say, playing against Hutchison Vale, who we'll come to um, very shortly. I mean, 
Partick Thistle maybe tailed off the last couple of weeks, Campbell, but Dundee United and Partick Thistle, the two sides that came up from the SWFL last season, and they both acquitted themselves really well. And I think it's probably a, an indication of what Aberdeen and, and maybe even Queen's Park can do next season when they come into this expanded league. Yeah, John Doyle was saying that as well. Obviously, speaking to, as I speak to him, he was full of praise for United, as well as obviously his own side for how well they have done this season. And we've seen how Aberdeen and uh, Queen's Park performed particularly in the Scottish Cup and how they've been done so well in their own leagues as well. So it's there's no reason to say it is to say why they can't come up and do something similar to United and Patrick Thistle, who both could still finish third, which would be a great achievement um, for the first season up. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing Aberdeen and Queen's Park, and I'm sure that league will be equally as competitive next season. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will be. But there will be one team not in it this uh, next season, and it'll either be Hearts or Hamilton Academical. I was at Orion on Sunday to see Hearts take on Hutchinson Vale. Uh, personally, because I hadn't seen Hutchinson Vale in the flesh yet this season, so I thought that was a good opportunity. And a Hearts win would have ensured that they went into the final game of the season three points clear. Um, unsurprisingly, Campbell, that, that was achieved. They won 14-1. Uh, Hattricks and Rachel Walkingshaw and Danny McGinley were really the standouts, but I, I'm not going to re- re- uh, sit and reel off all the goal scorers. It's not it's not really. I don't think it's a very fitting thing to do, or particularly complimentary of anybody. Um, but what I will say is, Hearts are very professional in the performance. When I spoke to Andy Enwood after the game, he said that it had worked on a couple of extra things just to make sure that they could get around Hutchinson Vale nice and quickly, which they did. They were four 0 up after twenty minutes. Um, to credit Hutchinson Vale, they they got their goal at Angela Learmouth, who has scored a couple for Hutchinson Vale. They obviously haven't scored a lot, but she she seems to be the one that gets them when they do. Um, a breakaway goal kind of towards the end of the game. But yeah, 14-1 for Hearts. Comfortable. Campbell, they go into the last game of the season, three points ahead of Hamilton Academicals. Uh, Their goal difference is 13 less, but essentially it's now in Hearts' hands. If they draw or win at home to Partick Thistle at Tynecastle, not at Orion as usual, they're playing their last game of the season at Tynecastle, then they win the league. If Hamilton Academical, uh, if Hearts slip up and lose to Partick Thistle, then Hamilton Academical win the league if they defeat FC Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. Campbell, it's in Hart's hands. Can you see Hamilton kind of pulling it back? Have we got a helicopter Sunday in the books, or do you think Hearts should get the job done come uh, next weekend? I mean, of course, Rackies can do it, but I think if Patrick Thistle played the way they did on Sunday, then Hearts should have no problem. Um, we're getting past them at the time, Carter, so it's, it should be Hearts League. Rackies obviously got a very tough game as well. Wait a yeah, I'll be part with Kilmarnock, another side that have been in fairly decent form. So they both have tough games, but you have to fancy that Hearts will just have enough to edge it as long as they remain professional enough to go and get the win and what, what should be a big crowd, hopefully, um, through in the capital. Yeah, I was asking about the kind of expe- what some of the expectations, but I was speaking to a couple of the fans at the, the Hearts Hutches and Vale game as well. And obviously, they got just shy of 700 when they, they played Dundee United uh, the last time at Tynecastle. So they lost that day, 1 0. Um, and Andy Enwood is very quick to point out he hopefully gets a better result than that. But I think they're quite confident of getting a good crowd. Obviously, international weekend, so no Hearts game. Uh, playing on a Sunday, a, a good kickoff time of 2 o'clock for a Sunday. Um, obviously, Tynecastle is a bit more central than Orion as well. So they, they hope to get some more passion trade. And obviously they, they are putting a lot of effort behind the, the club. They had the full media team at, at it this weekend after I called out last week. I think it's only fair to say that they had it all there and I saw they were doing uh, post-match videos with, with Andy as well. So uh, absolute credit. I, I really hope it's a good game. I'm going to head over to that one. Um, if Hamilton don't go up this season, Campbell, is it still a good season for them? Uh, obviously they came down last season and are kind of as a result of a comeback with one of the teams underneath them. But... It's been a two-horse race, and if you think about what the changes that come to the league next season, you would suspect that Hamilton maybe, 
in a different scenario would fancy themselves in a playoff if that was an option available to them this season? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be slightly disappointed if they don't go back up, but I just it's been a very, very competitive league where Baron Hutch, everyone has really been able to beat everyone, so it's it's not been easy at all. Um, slight maybe consistency here and there. There were a couple of games where you would have fancied to win, but have drawn them, and that may have let them down. But again, so Hearts as well. So it's it has been very tight. Hearts have obviously we're seeing them just enough at the minute to be ahead. But Shiraki's going to the league next season. Again, you don't see much of the squad disappearing. It'll be again they'll know that they're a very good side, and they'll know that they've got a great chance of obviously getting up. Will that be when the league go through one of these new playoff systems? Again, it'll be competitive, but. There's no reason why Aki's can't do it next season. If of course they don't do it this season, so we'll see how they go on Sunday. But I don't think I don't think they can be too disappointed with the season, given the what a pretty high points total as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. And just to recap the fixtures there on Sunday and SWPL too. So it's Hearts against Bath at Thistle at Tynecastle, FC Kilmarnock against Hamilton Aki's at Rugby Park, St Johnson face Hutchie Vale at Midderwood Park, so seventh versus eighth, and then Glasgow Girls and United. I think Campbell actually we were talking about third place there, and because of the what Hamilton and Hearts need to do on Sunday. Um, Glasgow Girls Dundee could turn into a bit of a shootout for third, potentially, so that, that could be an interesting one as well. Though I'll be surprised if it's at two o'clock, considering that uh, Glasgow City are playing Motherwell at two o'clock at Peters Hill Park as well. Dundee United, first of all, Chris. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's another game that should be a fairly decent one. It'll be a four o'clock kickoff. I think that's the way the schedule and much of Peters Hill and obviously, as you say, by Glasgow City playing Completely after four o'clock. I know there's been a few complaints about uh, these sort of kickoffs things this season, but yeah, it'll be an interesting game to watch. And United, as we say, you would imagine they'll beat Hutchie on Wednesday night, so they'll go into that game. They'll can also finish third, so there's still plenty to play for there for two sides. And obviously, it'll be the last game of the season. They'll both go out with sort of no real pressure on them, so it should be another entertaining game. Yeah, I'm interested to see what time that game kicks off, and not because I expect it not to kick off at four o'clock, but it's because I know that there is. There was some chat after the the Bronby game, um, Glasgow City Bronby game, about what kind of things might be done uh, to kind of celebrate Glasgow City winning the league. And it sounds like there might have to be a little bit of a clear-up operation after full-time for the Glasgow City Motherwell game. So that one might kick off a little bit later. But as Campbell says, probably won't be 2 o'clock. That'll be, that'll be after that, maybe 4. Let's be realistic, maybe say 10, quarter past 4. But yeah, um, that's your fixtures in the SWPL too. But it will be between Hearts and Hamilton and whether the tractor or helicopter or taxi or minibus, I don't know what they'll have to get the trophy and move from one venue to another. I assume they'll, they'll have a, a, a drop-off point uh, and we'll, we'll see what just happens. Just have you running along the motorway, Chris. Well, yeah, I'll just like, I'll just, what I'll do is I'll just do half and half in each and I'll, I'll do my best to try that. But yeah, um, that should make it interesting, especially if something happens earlier on. Maybe part of this will score a shot early goal will certainly add a bit more interest to it. But yeah. Um, I'll be at Tyne Castle for that one to see if Hearts can get the job done. That's really that's a pr- quite a short one this week. Um, I just want to give a shout obviously to the National Performance League. Um, Celtic won that this week. They have played four games in ten days. Uh, they overhauled Aberdeen. As I think I've said a couple of times in this Campbell that uh, I've been to watch some of the under 19s games and they're of a good standard. And I would say sometimes you're watching the game and it's a, it's a good standard when you compare it to some of the top end SWFL and SWPL2 stuff, even in some respects. Um, with with the new structure, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that uh, national performance league shapes up, especially at that under nineteen level. When you consider obviously the development sides are going to be coming out of the the competitive arm of the Scottish women's football next season. Yeah, I mean obviously it's keeping a lot of players playing football at that level, and as you say, it's been another very competitive sort of league where there's a lot of good football on show. So um, yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, a lot of the players from the development team. You would hope as well. 
going to maybe some of the likes of SWFL1 or SWPL2 sort of sides and hopefully just improve them as well and improve the standard as a whole everywhere else. Uh, I think the National Performance League is going to stay in the same and again, if it can be another competitive league and it gives players a platform to play and then perhaps get promoted up to some of the bigger sides then I don't see any problem with it at all. Again, it's going to be one of these leagues that gives these players that chance to show just what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's, there is also uh, the SF, SWF Youth Cup finals this Saturday. So if you're interested in that, go to the Scott Women's Football website. But yeah, as I said, the focus will be on SWPL for, for leading the line for the last day of the season. Um, obviously, uh, Scottish Cup finals two weeks away, Campbell. And there is a, t- a competition on the leading the line Twitter page just now. Just find the tweet. Um, I'm going to pin it to the profile. So you might have listened to this and I've pinned it by now. Um, to win a family packet, so two adult, two children tickets, all eight player cards, which I am quite buzzing about, quite hoping to get a hold of them myself, uh, as well as a football stadium prints on A4 of either Hibs or Glasgow City, depending on which team you support. Um, so go uh, give that a wee tweet and the winner will be announced next week. But that's it for this week. A nice short one this week, Campbell. Um, thank you very much for joining me. I hope you um, enjoyed your weekend in Dundee. I heard it was, went, went pretty well for you. Um, yeah, it was entertaining Friday night, but a good weekend as a whole one. Then a depressing Monday, but what can you do? What can you do? Um, obviously, you can follow Campbell at Campbell Six Underscore Two. Follow myself at MFP Tasty. Follow the podcast at Leading the Line. And as always, please share it. Tell other people about it. If you've got any feedback, please let us know. I'm I'm very receptive to it. People will testify to that if you're speaking about Leading the Line podcast with anybody. Uh, and give it a five star rating because that really helps us get the numbers up, gets people more interested in it, and hopefully helps to spread the word of Scottish women's football. But Until next week, when we'll be previewing the Scottish Cup final, thank you very much for listening. Catch you again soon.